0: IOX, Roxbury, New York. Community radio in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM. Serving Roxbury, Margaretville, Halkett'sville, Halkett's Center, Hobart, Gilboa, Conesville, Stanford, South Court, Wright, North Blenheim, Fultonham, Schoharie, Middleburg, Pine Hill, High Mount, Shandaken, Fleshman, Venetia, Jefferson, Huntersville, Windham, Watsonville, Meredith, East Meredith, Meridale, Big Indian, Butts Corner, Kelly's Corner, Bovine, and Grand Gorge, Andy's Arkville, Drybrook, Break-a-Beam, Barkaboom, Arena, Prattsville, Downsville, Summit, New Kingston, Denver, Vega, and everywhere or else at wioxradio.org
1: To WIOX Community Radio, live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM in MTC Cable Channel 20, 107.5 FM on the campus of SUNY Delhi and everywhere at WIOXRadio.org on computers or smartphones. This is From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest related topic with just myself tonight, Ryan, and we got Mr. Mead, Mr. Gary Mead, like we do every third Wednesday. And, Hi, folks. Uh, and uh, Bob. How you doing, Bob?
2: Ryan, Gary, good to be back on the show again.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming on. We're, tonight's topic is materials used to build a longhouse. And so, just how to how to build one. How to build one, yeah. It beats me. I don't know. I don't build <laughs> longhouses.
3: No. Yeah, I've never built one, but, you know, it's, uh, it seems like a uh well it's it's a lot of work but it's uh (laughs) just learn about the materials and how to use them it's a little bit involved and the the indians all the vikings uh, a lot of people made these houses out of sticks and and bark and uh long houses were the way the indians uh you know I would prefer a teepee, tell you the truth, over a longhouse. (laughs) Because, uh, it's wide at the base. You got lots of room at the base and they're not so smoky. You have a little hole in the top. You put your fire pit in the middle. I mean, but the longhouses are, they have kind of a rounded roof and, you know, they're, uh, I mean, the small one would be like 14 by 50 or 60 feet i mean they they were uh, you know the biggest one I think that they uh, they found out about was uh, like eighteen feet wide and sixteen feet tall and four hundred and twenty feet long.
1: that's crazy and like the family.
3: but they have a fire pit every so often and and you know in the winter time they kind of close everything in the s- summer they it's kind of open and you know they let it,
1: it's you I get would, kind of screwed if you're the family on the end, huh? Yeah, I would think. <laughs> I, I mean, you got to figure the the, the best guy is like in the middle, yeah, <laughs> where it's warm in, in the winter. Yeah, in the winter, but
3: <clears> you <throat> know they use cloth and uh, hides in the winter to cover up because when when they put these up, you know they you know they kind of if you see pictures of them, you can see holes and, and during the day, you know, light kind of shines in, but. You know, in the winter, they they covered everything up with blankets, and you know, to keep the cold wind out. And uh, you know, it just seemed you know we were talking before the show. It's must be pretty smoky in there at times. You know, and they had they probably had the, you know they had the fire going in the winter all the time. And but getting down to how to build one and the materials, there's a lot of different materials that you can use for these. And what gave me the idea for this is you know i I have property in New Kingston, and you know we have old pastures that are growing now up into hardwood forest and softwood forest but uh anyway uh all the saplings you know this stuff has to be thinned out, <clears throat> and you know to keep your land healthy, you cull out the ones that are you know not doing that well, but you know you something you're cutting down uh. You know, as an experiment, when I get up there, I'm going to, some of my sending out, I'm going to use for firewood, of course. But, you know, I'm going to put up a little longhouse and, and just see how it goes. And, you know, recently, you know, I watched some videos on this, and they're actually making them now. Uh, oh, there's different organizations that just do this, just, you know, like scouting or any other thing people get involved with. It's just a sideline thing, and they're really into it. And they go out for the weekend, and, you know, they spend several weekends or, you know, through the summer, you know, meeting up with their buddies and building a longhouse. Well, they're using a lot of ash now because of the boar. And, uh, you know, you peel the bark. and What time of year are you peeling that bark? You're peeling that bark, and the best time is basically when the leaves start coming on in the spring june i mean you could start peeling in may but it's not really uh yeah they're about half
1: leaf usually memorial day
3: yeah so you know and fully you know almost. about second third week of june right on through july is, is a, the best time once it gets yeah. to august it gets a little tricky then because you know i peeled bark to get you know uh, tulip bark for my siding and, and uh we. No, it was the second week in August, I think. We we went to peel some, and it came off, but it wasn't. It didn't fall off like it did in June and yeah. July. I mean, it, mm. once you had a log up on, you know, two uh, logs in the opposite direction. Once you got the weight of the bark going on the other side. It just you know the weight of it
1: would pull it right off the tree. So ash is what is what you know since they've there's so been much using it ash, dying, it can yeah, be used. This, huh? That's they've
3: good. been doing. Uh, I don't, but back you know the Indians they used uh, actually elm was one of their uh, preferred barks or because it's uh, a dried piece of elm. Now I never realized this till you know I watched his video. Is they use
1: the bark or the or the wood or both? Both. <laughs> for the, so you got your poles that you're going to bend they, first into arcs, yeah. right? And, and then yeah, they, they, they for the peel framing? the
3: bark and they use that for the sheathing. But a dried piece of uh, uh, elm bark is as strong as a piece of plywood. And yeah. I know elm lumber is super strong and stringy. So uh, that's probably what, uh, you know, that's I mean, what it makes, makes
1: sense because uh, elm... It's pretty plentiful near riparian areas, wetter sites, where humans are sometimes. Yeah.
2: Makes good furniture, too. I make that piece of furniture. But the
3: the, the best bark that, you know, while they, you know, that was one of the parts, too, is, you know, if you make one of these, every... Twenty or thirty years, you're gonna to have to be replacing bark here and there unless you yeah. keep a preservative on it or something. But you know that was one thing they were always patching up the uh, the longhouses and uh, some clans and tribes. You know, when the their longhouse deteriorated, they would just you know cut it down and you know uh, uh, you know pull with their horses on sleds all the material that wasn't rotten to the next site, they build another one and use that for, uh, you know, firewood, unless it was being used for part of the construction. But to set the poles, you just dig like a two-foot hole, and, you know, they uh, set the poles, and once you got your vertical poles in, then you do your horizontals. And it was very interesting because I was wondering how they... You know uh lashed them together. I thought maybe they used rawhide. well, some of them did, but most of the time the, the rawhide was uh, a little harder to get than than inner bark of uh, uh their favorite inner bark was red cedar and and white cedar, which wasn't as strong and uh uh, uh hickory hickory inner bark is super strong. Uh, but you know what they do is they they peel the bark and they throw it in the river, let it soak for a few days, and the inner bark peels right away from the outer bark, and those strands are they're as strong as nylon rope, mm. and that's how they lash all the the horizontals to the verticals and uh and once they get the the main frame up, you know you have kind of a rectangle shape, then they go out and they get the you know two inch to three inch diameter poles peel the bark you know they don't never left the bark on because when you leave the bark on it you know bugs move in and you know it starts deteriorating, and you know the the sap would start rotting quicker and you know what diameter like poles they would use
1: about like what three to five inch
3: uh for the for the bends for the, for yeah. the roof they they just took a a sapling uh, probably three to four inch in diameter you know it would be three to four inch at the base but you know up on the top it would you know it gets very and they cut them green and Mm. if they didn't cut them green they would soak them in a river for a few days before they you know put them up and bent them and uh, Mm. you know they just lash them to because they kind of build a square frame and then they put uh, a ridge beam down the middle and that's where they cross from each side with these bent poles, okay. and they lash them. Uh, you know, once they dry, they're, when you're first bending them, there's pressure on them. But once they dry, you know, they dry bent, and you know, they uh, they won't unbend unless you, you know, wet them down again. But but the bark, putting the bark on, is it's that's got to be a, a tedious job because they do the same thing; they sew it on with the. With a, a, a the inner bark of uh, different trees, it. but they basically they use what they had in the area, and you know a different. You know if they didn't have cedar, they they try to find hickory. If they didn't have hickory,
1: they probably use the inner bark of elm. Yeah. And I don't It'd be tougher today. It, we don't have as many young young forests. I mean, you you would do up in New Kingston, but a lot of areas don't. Right. yeah yeah, well, a lot of farms are
3: uh, around here now that went out of business. They're, the uh, the pastures are growing up into small forests, and yeah. you know, it takes about you know, we haven't had cows on that property for thirty years or so, and I mean, it's noticeable now. The the uh, the, the the fields they start with goldenrod, and, and then they go to you know like milk thistle, and then the the uh, thorn apples Mm -hmm. come and then you know little hardwood trees start coming and push everything else out Um, but you know i have a lot of thinning out to do up there and that's kind of why how i got this idea for you know this show because you know there's so many different things that uh, we could talk about that we don't think of and this was something different i thought i'd bring up and you know it's really quite interesting and You know, if I make one, it sure as hell ain't going to be 16 (laughs) feet wide and 16 feet tall and 40 feet long. It's (laughs) going to be a little, you know, maybe i get my tractor in there and and, and and store it, you know. But, you know, just to go through it and and to make one, it just seems interesting to me. Tulip bark is probably the premiered bark. And, well, we don't, you know, in the mountains here, the Indians used hemlock bark because... That's second to, uh, that'll last, you know, 40 to 60 years outdoors, untreated. 40 and to 60 years. It's amazing, isn't it? It's
2: amazing. Oh, wow.
3: And, and uh, uh, tulip bark will last 60 to 80 years outdoors. That's why they, they preferred that. And mm. it's, But what happened with the tulip trees is, you know, they use the bark for sheathing it and you know the poles they set in the ground were tulip as well and if they didn't have red cedar they just used the poles from the ones they
1: stripped for their red cedar they mentioned uh i assume that's from larger trees the bark on yellow poplar or tulip they mentioned any way they fell them is there any what they mentioned felling techniques Sowing felling
3: felling oh no they they cut down I'm
2: surrounded by tree experts and soyers here but the,
3: they they cut down saplings they didn't they didn't fell
1: big trees for making a lawn. yeah yeah so well, if but they, the thing is you need bark i mean it's kind of difficult to get bark from small trees well you know the, the yellow thick.
3: poplar they use they made canoes out of them a lot you yeah. know ones along the rivers and they probably felled big trees but uh i yeah. don't I mean, uh, they cut, chopped them down with a hatchet, I suppose. I've heard of
1: stone axes, but um, it's got to be difficult.
3: Oh, um, just <laughs> time. I mean, I can't imagine how much time it would take to... Yeah. And, that, and the way to keep sharpening it.
1: I
2: don't know. And you watch the way they cut those canoes out of there with the handles, and that. They had a technique where they, they would burn. They would light fire on top of the tree, and then they, they would light fire on top of the log, and then... It would get soft from the coals and then it would that would be a method of uh mm. chewing it up by yep. uh Jeez. by letting it burn
3: yeah they used uh uh sycamore and and tulip for canoes because they're a very light paper birch too right Yep, yeah. uh, but tulip doesn't uh, i mean in the ground i don't think it would last five years it'd have mm. it rot off i mean tulip uh, lumber doesn't last outside worth a worth a darn but you know, uh, Cherry does. Because... I got a little
1: tulip I just transplanted, Gary. You did. It's growing inside my orchard, so it's protected from the deer. It came from somewhere. I know of two or three yellow poplar on the whole road. Yeah. In the woods, they're not even near the road. Somehow it seeded in. Just goes to show you, without deer, yeah. things will grow. But yeah, we'll see if it grows now. Should. Yeah. It's a pretty tree. Yeah, and we don't have the hunters we used to
3: either, but... No, that's, not even close. It uh, used to be like a holiday, and always open on Monday. I mean, for uh, 15, 20 years, it's been coming up on a Saturday. This Saturday's opening day of the gun yeah, season. Right. Yep, rifle. October 1st was opening of uh, archery. Are
2: you going out, Gary?
3: Hell oh, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we meet up the camp. We put A log cabin up on the property 20 years ago, saw it out at the mill, and actually, we skid the logs. I actually ruined the truck bringing the logs up there, but you know, it was an old Ford. And yeah, what the hell? I put too much weight on it, and we broke the frame after you there know, you go building that thing.
1: <laughs> you but broke her in when we, yeah, we did
3: broke her. <laughs> but when we got up to the property, I had a four wheeler up there with a uh. A, a rack on the back, and we used to put, well, back on the farm, we made what we called a stone sled, and when we picked stone out of the, uh, instead of having a a trailer, something you have to pick it up and throw it on, we made these stone sleds, and they were just a stone sled, and it was close close, close to the ground, and you just picked stone, threw it in it, and it had, you know, skis under the front. And usually we just look for a curved log, and you know, uh, lagged all the uh, boards on top to that, and a little side, and you know, we pull it over, and then the, the you know tractor dump it over the over the bank. So we, with that idea, we put the the back of the log that <clears throat> and a stone sled, and hooked that, and that kept the end of the logs from getting all muddy because it was it was muddy dragging it down we dragged them about a probably a mile into where we were building and uh you know it was a. Uh, that's how we got in there at first and and uh but it's a beautiful place it doesn't have a septic up there and we have an outhouse and we got spring water running outside and
1: uh what nothing <laughs> no, don't say anything you're gonna regret gary what any what nothing. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Tonight's topic is Materials Used to Build a Longhouse with Gary Mead.
4: Bob the rebel, he wandered alone. He searched the land, this restless land. He was panthered quick and leather tough. If it figured that he had been pushed enough, the rebel... Johnny, oh, you're Gamble that the rebel? Away. Away
1: the rebel. Johnny Yuma. Johnny Yuma. Alright, it's a quick song. That's the Rebel. Uh, Johnny Yuma by Johnny Cash. And you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. talking about a different forest-related topic. Tonight's topic is materials used to build a longhouse with Gary Mead. So Gary, um, what are you going to do with this longhouse? You going to put like a shed or something? Oh, it's just going to be like a little storage shed. You going to harvest white ash, you think? Well, I don't have any ash on my property. So what so are you going to do? I'm going to
3: harvest uh maple. Elm? You Ma- got any elm? Uh. You might have elm. We have little elms, but uh probably not enough to do that, but you so know, take- I I'll, I'll I'll have to get the the bark, you know, from You know, tri-state or something, I'll go down there and peel tulip uh, bark from from them. Because they, heck in the spring, uh, they love you to take it off because it's it's a hazard out on the highway. Oh, really? Because it it flies off, you know, just from wind and that. And, you Mm -hmm. know, they they told me that when I was harvesting it before. You know, I used to go in there on Sundays and, and, uh, yeah, just... They gave me a key to the machine. I uh, just, you know, picked them up and Jeez. set them where I needed and then put them back. And and uh, I don't know, is Mark still there? I, I, he was my in, yeah. He was my inside connection. I don't know if he's still there or <laughs> not. They probably shoo me away at this point.
2: I that would be know. a good Indian name for you, Little Elm. Little i are going to come up with an Indian name for you now if we <laughs> build a longhouse. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I issue you that Indian name, please?
1: Yeah. Please. <laughs> So you, uh, so you take the bark off. That's your that's your roofing material and stuff. Well, the roof and the sides. And the sides. Yeah. And then you're going to bend some three-inch or so red maple pol- saplings. Yep. Stick them in the ground, bend them over, and lash them together somehow. Yeah. Well, you, 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 the frame you build, you set them first. They're depending on, you know. When they're green.
3: When they're green. When they're green. Yeah. Yep. You peel the bark. And uh, well, f- it has to be green because you got to get the bark off right two feet so, deep so you go about f- f- two foot deep yeah. set these poles in the ground the ones you put in the ground are are bigger than the ones that you bend they're they're four to five inches you know you can't even get away with setting a six inch because they're straight and they're just there for the structure the uh the horizontal ones they're they're three to four inches again but you know they're pretty much in the videos i watched were you know all the they cut the thin you know when the tree started getting thin toward the top they cut that out and they keep it a a good two to three inches and lash it to the side so the the ones you set in the ground go up and and they're just sticking straight up and you don't do any bending until you start putting the roof
1: on what i understand is doing some research on this um you know the average one is about 16 feet wide by 23 feet long Some are 80 feet long, uh, rarely longer than that. Yeah. But, you know, how the hell they have two stories on them? Because they were saying the real big ones would have two stories or they'd have storage up above. Yeah. I don't know how the hell they would do that. Well, that's, well
2: they, that red, that round roof you said with the with the with the uh, the, the horizontals lashed to the verticals, it sort of makes a whole attic up there. But uh, you'd have some kind of jig to bend the three inch because that's pretty stuff to bend three inch. Yeah. no, I
3: don't I know they would. Green. do that. Well, well, the three inches at the ground. When you get up, you know, making the bend over the top, right. it's only about oh, an inch and a right. half. Okay. I mean, uh, but. For the second story thing, what they did is they put bunk beds in. Basically, that's what they looked like. And they built like a frame inside, and they took the little saplings that, that they didn't use on the longhouse, and they lined them up. And they either put straw or, you know, bark or something on those, and then they put their rawhide or blankets on there, and that's how they slept. But you know, they they had two bunk. There were two. Bunk beds high, and most of what I ones I seen, and then you know when you get up that high, you know you're up about eight feet because they're about four foot in between each bunk bed. Yeah, and then they just made a, a ladder to get up, and all they used the second floor for was to hang meat and. And stuff like that, you know, for yeah. the, for winter storage.
2: Utilize that smoke that's in the places <laughs> that get smoked <laughs> They're living in the smokehouse. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh-huh. Dual-purpose uh, longhouse. Yeah, right. Huh. It's well,
3: interesting. <clears throat> interesting. But anyway, there's a... You know, depending on what you use, there's, there's quite a bit of maintenance on them. And, uh, but clans lived in them, and there were families. Uh, and uh, they put... Either blankets or rawhide in between each family, you know, uh, so that they kind of had their own quarters, so to
2: speak. Yeah, you because know, I see Granny, uh, you know, um, Granny in
1: her panties.
3: <laughs> anyway, Jesus. So you guys,
2: man. started know. it, Ryan, with it's that a family before. show here. You started it. it before, but
3: that was uh, uh, a. <laughs> it must have been a, you know, it was a crude way of life, I'm sure, and and you know, I'm not going to build a longhouse and live in it. But you know, I I just want to build one because they they sound you know they seem pretty interesting and you know I'm using bark on my house tulip bark
2: it'll match nice and
3: uh, but the uh, the bark I'm using I I kiln dry and I I want it flat but you yeah. know when they for the sides of the of the uh, the longhouse they would put weight. And dry it so it was flat. But then when they did the roof part, because it had a little curve to it, they put that on green because it would bend. And once I, you know, uh, tied it way, yeah. Yeah. tied it down, it would dry and and keep that form. Uh, they must
1: put like skins right to the ground to you know keep that heat in. You would think or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm you don't not... want to lose heat out of the you know where it meets the ground. I don't know.
2: Did they lash a vertical, like, horizontals to, to make a floor as well? Like, you know, maybe a no, floor, floor all, off the
1: ground? everything was dirt
3: really? and so on. You know, those, their fire rings were basically a little
1: hole in the ground with one
3: row of rocks around it. There was no yeah. depth to it. Then
1: they would have pits, I was reading, line it with grass to store your, uh, you know, tubers and stuff like that and whatnot. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. It is, yeah, but you know. There's it's, no windows thing though. It gets me, <laughs> man. That's tough. That's and I don't know why they didn't put a window in. Cause well, what would they make the window out of? They I don't know. Have
2: glass. <laughs> they, <laughs> no, there's no glass. No. So just that's a cool. hole It kind of defeats the purpose of the uh, holding yeah. the heat thing in. I don't, I, don't I don't
1: know.
3: Well, they could live outside mostly. You no, know, I I would like a window, and at night you. You know, put, the f- put a piece of rawhide yeah, over yeah. it in a day, roll it up, and, you know, get cross breeze in there anyway. In Fires the had
1: to be an issue. Like, in the
3: summer. Like burning down. Yeah, yeah. Seems pretty flammable. <laughs> well, that's I think that's why they made them 16 to 18 feet wide. Yeah, is, the, the heat wouldn't is, affect is it that much you know, at that yeah. night. Yeah. They true. probably wouldn't catch on fire. Too Combustibles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right.
2: Must well, be tough getting insurance for those things.
1: I'll tell you. Yeah, insurance. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you might want to have some extra poles, and uh, well, you got to do them green though. That's the thing. Yeah. The poles, yeah. They don't
2: burn too easy when they're green, do they?
3: Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I the don't vertical so. poles you could use them. You know, they they could use those dry because you're mm-hmm. not bending them. But you know, for getting the bark off, you got to do it in the spring. They harvested stuff in the spring, and then they built all summer. You know, they they yeah. pull them, and you know, if they started drying out, they throw them in the river.
1: And- well, these longhouses um, were used mainly, I guess, in southern New England, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, for the past three to five hundred years. Is what I found out mm-hmm. mainly in farming, like this, these are permanent structures, right. not teepees, like people moving around. Um, I, it's for the Iroquois, which I, but the real thing is, I'm not even going to attempt to say this. Well, I guess yeah. I will. Haudenosaunee or whatever, that means people of the longhouse. I've heard at call- like
2: that before. That's a tough name. Yeah. Haudenosaunee.
1: I don't know how to say that, but the longhouses were normally built inside of a palisade, you know, to protect from intruders. Yeah.
3: And they had them, you know, they had quite a few of them. If they didn't make one big one or a couple of big ones, they had a lot of small ones around. And, uh, you know, they had an era of view of uh, one video I watched where there must have been 35 of them that were like 16 by 20. And they had them all. It kind of reminded me of, uh, uh, you know, when the cowboys uh, would circle their wagons around that's basically how they set them up and you know the center was kind of open for but they would be able to protect their you know i guess children and women they you know if they got attacked they'd be on the outside you know on the inside and you know everything would be secured on the outside perimeter and i mean they just learned how to survive they uh you know went along as a had to and did what they needed to do and you know i can't imagine that they must have a lot of bad
1: lung problems (laughs) that's what i've heard yeah but i don't know if that's yeah they have five mandatory
2: fire exits then yeah
1: yeah with the no flus thing yeah yeah
2: Yeah.
3: Um, especially in the winter because they you know they in the summer you get inversions and stuff you know the summer they you know they they didn't put the bark on tight and you know when it rained water would drip kind of a little bit and in the winter they covered them up on the inside you know to keep the wind from blowing through and keep a little bit warmer in there just with blankets and rawhide but you know in the summer they uh, you know, just that cross breeze it must have been a lot healthier in the summer than in the winter and the hole on the top where the smoke went out they covered them half over in the winter to keep the heat in and you know it just must have just that's probably why they built them so high too. Is to keep the smoke up on the ceiling. Yeah. And it's uh good for smoking meat, I guess. Yeah.
2: yeah there you go. See the idea yeah. was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well I wonder if there's any uh, documented uh health issues with the Indians, you know, now that you mention it with those uh with the smoking there. I wonder if uh you
3: know, probably so if they, you did research on it.
2: Yeah. Curious. Yeah, they like,
3: would have to have some kind of issues there. But yeah, you know, it's a teepee funnels all the smoke to uh Yeah. You know, but you know, a longhouse it's it's long and
1: Yeah, Hoppy has one. Hoppy Quick has been on this radio show uh numerous times. And he he's got a, a he's got a teepee and uh I've been in it, it's huge. I mean really? I, the base of it's gotta be thirty feet, Yeah, really it well? might be thirty feet. Yeah, yeah. it's big. But he's got a fire going on in the middle. It's actually kind of comfortable. Yeah. You walk in, and there's no smoke. It, it all rises to the top, like you just said, Gary. Well, that's because the teepees nice. funnels, it, right? Yeah. And it goes out.
2: It's I've pretty neat. that show lately, that The Sun on uh, Netflix. I think it's, that was Paramount. And they show you. It's all Indians with teepees. And uh, they all have fires burning in there. There's no smell. You know, a really uh, big diameter at the bottom and uh, they don't seem to have any problem in that. And it, it wouldn't be any uh, loss of heat because the, the hole would just prevent anything from coming back in with the draft of the heat up there. So.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we, you know, we, when I was doing Cub Scouts, they had a big campery over on Hubble's and hmm. I told the boys, I said, right, we're going to show the Boy Scouts. But, <laughs> uh, but it rained all weekend and we had the best. So I went to the farm and Property and you know I cut a bunch of two two inch saplings and we brought them up there. I think we had 22 of them. The hardest part is getting the first two set. After you get them set, you're down on the ground with a piece of rope. You just keep setting them and you know from the ground you can you know tie the top up. So but you got to keep a hole there for the smoke to go out. Um, We just took a roll of black plastic, rolled it up like a big shingle all the way around it, and. That was about twenty four feet at the base. It was pretty wow, big.
2: That's big. Oh wow!
3: We had, you know, I had fifteen scouts in there comfortably, and <laughs> uh, we had we made little bunk beds around the outside. And what was cool is uh, it was it. Poured rain all weekend, and and that place was packed. I mean, all the Boy Scouts would come in, and and I let them dry their clothes because we go out and do events and come back in, and they change into some dry clothes. And all around, we hung a clothesline, you know, several of them around the inside of it, and they'd hang their clothes up, and an hour later, their clothes would be dry. And that was a that was a that was a beautiful thing, and and, and no smoke. We could, once you get the
2: a draft going
3: right. Once you get the draft, and it poured rain and no rain comes through, like Bob said, it, the heat from the fire mm. went up, and the draft going up. You know, it nice. would either evaporate or yeah. just push it out.
1: That's pretty neat. And
3: it was that was a that was a very comfortable uh place to stay. You know, I'd stay in one of them before I would a longhouse to live. You I want to make a longhouse just to store my tractor in, basically. And keep <laughs> yeah. it out of the weather. because <laughs> I have an old nineteen forty nine four uh, thirty D John Deere. It's it's an incredible machine.
2: Two seasons. They cylinder. last forever those things, huh?
3: Oh. Uh, what year is it? Nineteen forty nine really. My, my dad brought it brand new. No he traded in a yeah, I was uh, mm. I was born in fifty four, so you you traded with a rock
2: sleds or something, right?
3: No, he traded in a he ran his farm with a bulldozer with a PTO on it. Wow. And you know, for a few years, and then he traded it in and bought it brand new. And yeah, you know, we had it reconditioned a couple of times, and it, it still looks. Have I seen that one? Yeah, it's up at the pro. Yeah, you must have seen it. I had it in the tractor shop yeah. there for years. Wow. But Amazing. Anyway, so you know, if you want to, uh, I mean, just Google it, you can find out all this uh, information about how to build a longhouse and what materials to use. and and, uh, you know, red cedar and, and uh, uh, you know, if you're going to use the poles setting in the ground,
1: you know, red cedar would probably be the premier thing to use. because about that black locust stuff? I was years. amazed there wasn't that much information on it. Right, yeah. You know, like, they didn't, I, I tried looking for species and stuff. There wasn't that much information, as you would think. I've seen a roundhouse. There's one on Huguenot Street in New Paltz. And the kids go in it once in a while and we walk by it. They have it open. Yeah, right next to the old fort there uh, right. on Huguenot Street. You know, one of America's <laughs> oldest roads, uh, and uh, it's pretty neat. Is that Newpult?
3: Yeah, it's
1: Huguenot uh, Street. It's I can't remember the Phoenix. street. Is that
3: where they they go trick or treating and uh, no. the old section? What well, it's the old stone houses?
1: Yeah, the old yeah French Huguenots. It's a famous area. I right. can't it's remember where I the... went to church growing up. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but it's like uh, some guy has a long house. I don't know, maybe it's what you're... Your, it's a, ra- a roundhouse, it's, so it's like a, you know, it's similar, but it's round. It's round. It's yeah. round. It's made his out of uh, 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 elm bark. Yeah, it's kind of neat inside, you know. It's yeah. nice and dry and... It's been there now for a few years, and there's really not much wrong I with it. I think he said ten, but they lock it up, though. Believe it or not, you can't get into the <laughs> damn thing without. They lock it. Not a locksmith. They know always, I know one. The kids are always well, disappointed well, when it's locked. Two
3: years ago, there was a guy sitting at the, you know, in a chair outside, giving away candy, and he had a a little uh, electric light inside, so you could go in and check it out, and yeah. and yeah, it was pretty. This year, it was dark, and, you know, a couple of kids come over, and say, Oh no candy over here, boys. And so they just... <laughs> you get arrested for that. <laughs> anyway, they... Uh, but it, it was a neat house, and he said he used Elm. Oh, yeah? And it looked a little soggy this year, I guess from the wet summer we had. Yeah. You know, because I always went over and checked it out, and, you know, I i was... Uh, you know, last year, he was there, and I talked to him for... And where was this? this was a new pulse you went to the unit where he's
1: outside huh?
3: yeah okay. yeah yeah well they shut that one section down for trick-or-treating and you know mitch he teaches in new pulse and yeah. two years ago he said ah, dad you know why don't you come down and
1: we'll go to the parade to have for a parade? halloween it's, it's for, too crazy it's new pulse is too crazy for halloween it's amazing we go to margaretville Oh, yeah. It's perfect. It's not yeah. too big. It's not too small. Yeah. And New Paltz is insane. Yeah. It's, they, it's, they've they lost their mind. It's, it's cause like not the, only are the kids out, all the young adults traffic are out. It's too. the biggest party I've seen on Halloween
3: ever. Oh, yeah. And uh, all the college kids are out.
1: Yeah. They're all trick or Well, I don't know if they trick or treat. <clears> you
3: husbands. know, I'm, I'm walking, you know, there are parades going on, and we're yeah. walking down the street, and hundreds of people know Mitch. Oh, Mr. Mead, oh, yeah. you know, some, oh, yeah. you know, kids are in his class now, yeah. of course, and ones that are going to be in his class. And then there's the ones that, you know, have graduated and, and they have their own lives and, and they come over and he's such an influence on kids. He loves kids and, and yeah, he's good, they, they really, they really love him. And, <laughs> you know, uh, this one kid, he was in class. This was about four years ago, Mitch was saying, that's one kid. And, you know, Mitch likes beer. Yeah, uh, like a lot of us do. And he said, "I told my dad that you like beer." And he said, "He's he's going to look for you at the parade. He's going to bring a beer for you, Mister." <laughs> I thought that yes. was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so long houses are uh, really something to uh, you know use scraps from your property, and you know if you want to get. Yeah, you know, real technical with it. You could, you know, find uh, a place where there's some, uh, you can get tulip uh, or, you know, a yellow poplar uh, bark and, you know, use that. It'll last a lot longer.
1: It's tough to find, though. Well, you got a lot of that black locust
2: you could make for those poles that go in the ground, you said. It's a- yeah, well, the locust you locusts.
3: could use for the poles, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it don't right, But the right. bark is, on locust is... Huh it's who well. it's too furrowed. it's yeah. oh my god. Very goodness. thick. That is the weirdest bark ever. But hmm. and you know, when it burns, 'cause I you know, I bought a bunch of black locusts and the bark was falling off and you know, I throw everything in the furnace just to see. But that turns to a white ash and you get heat out of it while it's burning and uh and that's I
1: love black oak because uh, firewood, but it's you don't find too much of it anymore. No,
3: no, it's so. it's uh, it's it's sure. it'll last a hundred years. <coughs> Outdoors you don't do bar- anything to it. The bar, no, the, no uh, not the wood The wood, wood, the wood. Oh, yeah. Well, it has yeah. like
2: silica in it or something, doesn't it, Ryan? I don't know that. Well, you're the tree guy, man. Yeah. Well, it, it, isn't, it, it might oh, not be Gary true. Oh, telling me because <laughs> it's rough on saw blades. And well, stuff,
1: it's right?
3: silica. Yeah. Well, there's a silica, right. and it actually the heck teak does that too it pulls some nutrients out yeah, of the ground i always call it guess, like right. a silica but it, you know it's part of the earth it pulls up into yeah. the wood and that's what you know makes it so durable and I had, it's tough on the salt I mean, blades geez, too, you right? could i mean i when i had the mill i could plane you know ten thousand, twelve thousand board feet of you know oak maple cherry birch beach a little tough but uh yeah, I put you know maybe thousand fifteen hundred board foot of black locust through,
2: and blades I mean, are dull. Huh?
3: The blades yeah, they need to be sh- shut down and sharpened. It leaves little races on it, mm. like you're cutting. So you think that's true? Huh? There's sand in there. Sand. Yeah, kind of it must sand. be some
1: kind of sand. Yeah. Huh? And uh, never heard of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, that te- thing it's not true. I just don't cut enough locusts to say te- teak is the same thing yeah, yeah. the best is- cutting wood with a chainsaw mm-hmm. i don't know about because i don't use your mills there is um oak oak cuts yeah. so nice yeah Yeah. You know? well, i Charlie- don't like cutting oak too often but but when i have to it it just yeah. makes a notch real nice and everything it's split oh red oak is the most underrated easiest wood to split too by oh, hand by it makes
3: hand. good lumber too what's it's fluted just, yeah yeah it's uh... what do you mean by that uh, the uh the cellular structure is flutes and uh it's
2: like little straws right
3: oh you mean like it yeah okay yeah the, it's open i mean it's open if you take a you can blow you know, uh, a, yeah. a, a two inch dowel or an inch dowel and you're three four foot long you set it in a bucket of water and blow on it it'll bubble right uh you know because uh, you know old white oak actually turns pink in the in the heartwood mm. over anything over sixty, sixty five years old and up. As I went to a stave mill and found that out and you know, it took me for a tour and I went in the in the office. I said, oh, I thought you only used was white oak in the process. They go, Yeah, what'd you see? I said, I saw some red oak out there and they go, Oh no, that's the that's the best white oak you can get. That's the old gray you know, the uh, the older mm. trees. They turn pink over time you know kind of a reddish tinge and he said you know how you distinguish them and i said that's when he told me he said just take a stick put yeah. it in a bucket of water blow on it if it bubbles
2: that's, it's red right it's
3: red and if it yeah. doesn't it's white
1: yeah, that's what makes it waterproof—the white. Um, well,
2: they had a guy and he showed a slice of it, a thin slice cut from a tree, uh, red and white. And the red you could see right through, and the mm-hmm. white you can't. See they through. call
1: it, it's it's ring porous, <coughs> so it's got little holes on the rings. Yeah. And white oak has it too, but they're plugged. Oh, With right. what they call uh, tyloses, and it's just that's why they're in barrels, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, six to seven p.m. We talk to Mr. Mead, Mr. Gary Mead, every third Wednesday, and also with us is. Bob Hart. Tonight's topic has been materials used to build a longhouse. from the beginning emerson lake and palmer this is from the forest every wednesday six to seven p.m talk about a different forest related topic every thursday third wednesday i'm sorry we talked to mr mead mr gary mead and we also got mr bob hart with him and we're talking about materials used to build a long house so what's going on gary so uh you know just to uh if you
3: if you don't want to use the inner bark of a tree, uh, if you do, the best is a red cedar. If you can't get that, I mean, we have all kinds of nylon string and all that stuff today that, you know, you can yeah. lash it together with that.
1: I've never used the inner bark, really, of anything. Uh, it's got to be, I don't know, it's got to well, be difficult. It's a very thin layer. Well, it's a thin layer, and uh, the uh, the
3: hickory, and and uh, the hickory is actually stronger than the... the uh, the the red cedar, mm. but it's it's as strong as a nylon rope. I mean, you, you know, and you know they you you'd have to soak it in the in the uh, in the water river for a, you know a, a day or maybe two to separate the inner from the outer, and you mm. just take it and you peel it peel it off. It comes out. I mean, as long as a strand. That, as your bark is, is that's how long of a piece of string comes out.
1: And now we take ropes today for granted, don't we?
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you know, actually, when they to make a stronger rope for you know, like hanging, because they couldn't take just one thin strip and you know hang their meat and stuff from the ceiling, they. Braided,
2: yeah. Weave it together. And they stuff. braided
3: it together and and you know made something to, an inch in diameter to hang, you know, stuff from. Cause they probably hung whole deer in there, for, you know, I you know, at least quartered. So you know that's pretty, quite a lot of weight coming off. Uh, but it's, um, and you know the thing about building green uh, when you're using that, the reason they soak it is because when it shrinks, it tightens everything up and uh, that's that was uh that made the house sturdier so uh but you know the wood had to shrink too when they used that so you know but if they didn't soak the the inner bark and and use it green it, yeah. it wouldn't hold as good it wouldn't no, it, right? it wouldn't shrink when it dried so uh you know it's kind of, you know the same concept in chair building you know the uh, some chairs, they, the seat's green, everything else is kiln-dried, and when they put it together, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the old chairs were, were built that way before they, you know, had glue, and used glue, they uh,
1: would set, of compress the, on itself. set the
3: dry wood in the, and when the seat shrunk, hmm. first of all, the, the spindles and whatnot would expand from the wetness, and then the street would shrink. And you know some of those uh, uh, chairs—they never glued, but you can't get them apart. They're That's just unbelievable. very tight. That's cool. And it's amazing, you know, uh, what they thought of. You I always know,
2: loved that country logic.
3: Time.
1: Time, you know? It is. There's a guy we used to have a Catskill Forest Associ- Association used to have a, a uh, event years ago over in um, Jeffersonville. It's Peter Galbert—he's a Windsor chairmaker. Yeah, got to watch for him make chairs. Yeah, pretty the cool.
3: Windsor chairs were green seats. Really? Yep. yep. That's yep. what they use, and and they they very rare. I don't know if he used glue or not, but
1: I think he did everything by hand, and I don't think he did, but maybe he did.
3: He didn't. Ha- you don't have to. If you build a Windsor chair like they were built in the old days, you didn't use glue. That's, That's why they come amazing. up with that idea. They didn't get loose, and it was pretty amazing process. So, do I have time to read yeah, this? Right? Yeah, sure. This uh 62423 this is my son's birthday, actually, Mitch, while my woodworking tools faithfully create, I see the lawn needs mowing, while my woodworking tools faithfully create. I see the dust upon my shelves. I know the floors need sweeping, cobwebs all over the house. Spiders are bug control, I say to myself. In many different situations, undoubtedly, that is what I tell myself, respectfully. While my woodworking tools faithfully create, in a spirit world created for me, late for appointments many times, not purposely with clients or loved ones, I have to say, though every time, I never intentionally meant to hurt anyone. While my woodworking tools faithfully create, This life and world keeps coming for me. These spirits controlling my destiny. If you are not in it, yes, it is hard to see. And all that no one put up with me, I am grateful for you letting me be me. While my woodworking tools faithfully create, power I am unable to explain comes over me. All my woodworking tools faithfully create. My hands are callous and my knees get weak. My back is hurting down to my feet. The mountains daily calling out to me. And I go for a hike only to see limbs, roots, figured, curved, and hollowed trees. Much going on as my mind's eye is searching, sometimes becoming a little confusing. Smelling fragrances, bees buzzing, pollinated puts me back where i need to be thinking of many things i could create from burls twisted limbs dead and fallen trees back to the wood shop taking nothing for granted to hear what i hear my whole life through while my woodworking tools faithfully creating for you
2: well you get better and better i'll have to say <laughs> so it's unbelievable
3: that's my uh
2: well, my woodworking. Am I team? right, Ryan, to say that uh, no one can read them like him? Though, I mean—that's
3: right, Bob.
1: <laughs> okay, Bob. <laughs> well, it's, it's true. Simmer you know. down. All right. Okay. What? Not? Yeah, I agree. Um, we got about a minute and a half left, but uh, this Saturday is open day of the gun season for the big white-tailed deer. So, good luck to everyone. And bear. And bear. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's it's been hunting season since October first with uh, archery, November um, compound bow, recurve, and then November first is um, the crossbow. Yeah. And somewhere in there in October is shotgun season for turkey. Right. And back in September was rifle for bear as well. Is an early so you know hunting season begins this Saturday. For, for, you know, for deer, Parches for the game. for the gun season. But, you know, a lot of people don't realize it has been hunting season for a while. Yes, it has. Even Actually,
2: with firearms. It, it, it
1: it Actually, it's a yeah, S- no, It starts a small after. game in September, and
3: it goes right till, yeah. well, I think, the first, second week in January is the end of uh,
1: black powder. I just feel like it's a big misconception that a lot of people don't realize that um, hunting season isn't Not just deer season. Right. You know, there's also... Um, Predator hunting, where people shoot at coyotes at night, yeah. with firearms. A lot of people are unaware that that, Is that goes on. in New York, absolutely. Really? Yeah. I didn't know a-
2: that. Yeah, fox,
1: you uh, coyote. Out
2: with
3: calls and, and yeah, you call them in, and you know they there's a you know
1: a red light they can't see. Right. And so people know, have been doing this for years and years safely, centuries, and um, you know it's been going on. So I just want to let people know that. Yeah. And every year uh you know over the last has been just about safer or the safest you know it's it's pretty it's pretty the risk is low yes uh, um in any case that's all the time we got on from the forest and good luck this weekend and have a good one peace all right, everybody all right good night. oh
4: the neon lights were flashing, and the icy wind did blow The water seeped into his shoes and the drizzle turned to snow His eyes were red, his hopes were dead, and the wine was running low Then the old man came home from the forest His tears fell on the sidewalk as he stumbled in the street Faces stopped to stare But no one stopped to speak For his castle was a hallway And the bottle was his friend And the old man stumbled in From the forest Up a dark and dingy staircase The old man made his way His ragged coat so dear, who loved him in the springtime of a long forgotten year, when the wildflowers did bloom in the forest. She touched his grizzled fingers and she called him by his name, and then he heard the joyful sound of children at the gate. garden town where the river runs down
0: from the forest delhi iox is supported by you and the following underwriters the mountain eagle the community newspaper and website serving the catskills region covering delaware scoharie green and northern ulster counties with local reporting, regional events, school sports, letters, and features. All in the Mountain Eagle. Chappie's Good Food on Main Street in Roxbury. for.